It is Thursday, December 1st. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Thursday Night Football kicks off week 13 of the NFL season. And Aaron Rodgers may be done for the season. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Week 13 kicks off tonight with the Bills and the Patriots in an AFC East matchup. Could Aaron Rodgers' season be over? Quarterback says he has an open mind. And the college football playoff officially will expand to 12 teams in 2024. The Vegas lead, AJ, is going to be Thursday night football. And maybe we'll get into this Aaron Rodgers discussion as well. Joining us, as he does each and every Thursday morning, is the only two-time winner of the Super Contest. He is Steve Fezzik. Hey, Fez. I got uh, handicappers releasing at 6.20 a.m., so I may as well be up super early. You got to, you know what? Get the college basketball it's in. It's keeping right? up with the Joneses. That's right. Right? You got to keep, you got to you gotta beat those East Coasters that are that are getting these lines out early. You want to get down on Toledo minus three before it moves, you better be up early, right? <laughs> That's right. Tonight, week 13, will kick off with the Bills and the Patriots from Foxborough. And there's been all sorts of movement on this line, right, Fez? Yeah, so New England opens up as a five-point underdog, and money's been matriculating Along for New England steadily, current number, Buffalo Bills, three and a half point favorite, New England catching three and a half. Any chance this thing moves again before we get to kickoff? No, zero. Of course, there's always a chance yeah. with information. But at, sans any inform, key injury information, I think this baby is stuck at three and a half. Let's face it, I think there'd be a tsunami of Bills money at minus three. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, but but it, it, it sure feels that way, right? What do your power ratings say about this game? I know that's where you start everything with your power ratings. What do your power ratings say about Buffalo? And yeah, so I got Buffalo, my number four team, New England, number 11, such that uh, with home field, that certainly makes Buffalo the favorite, but um, certainly not by any substantial amount. It's interesting. You know, you look at this team, you look at the way that they play, The both these teams coming off the extended break because they both played on Thanksgiving. But I, I think a lot of this might have to do with the way that the Bills looked last week against the Detroit Lions. And it's, it's back-to-back weeks, right? Or you can even go even further. They lose to the Jets. They have the ridiculous, historic miracle loss to the Minnesota Vikings. Then they beat the Browns in a game that, uh, maybe it was a little too close for comfort. Uh, I, did, I guess Cleveland scored a bunch in the fourth quarter in that game, so maybe that one doesn't count. But last week against Detroit on Thanksgiving, a little bit of a struggle, Fezzik. Yeah, a whole bunch of people in the Survivor contest, including Circa Survivor, with um, they've been saving the bills yeah, for used months and months and months. And then, of course, you know, a lot of people had the Cowboys, but the bills – very, very popular. And those people, it was almost like squid games. I was waiting to hear Buffalo Bills have been eliminated, but it didn't happen. <laughs> now, the Bills struggled, particularly on the offensive side uh, against Detroit. New England had their own struggles on Thanksgiving, on mostly on the defensive side. What did you see from Kirk Cousins? What was he able to do to this Patriots defense? Is, is, is there something that exploitable in the Pats uh, secondary? 
You know, I'm getting into X's and O's, and that's a not danger. Your, not your favorite place it's to just, be. It, you know, we all have strengths and weaknesses. Like, my number one strength is game management. Like, people will, like, you know, argue with me. Like, oh, if you were coaching on the sideline, you'd panic. You wouldn't be able to give an answer. And it's like I've I've seen the situation a hundred times. Um, but I'm really not sure why that – really, I th- – I'm going to attribute a lot of this to the Viking defense, mm. which I think is absolutely overrated. And they might be a bottom five defense in the NFL. This Viking team, really great record. Uh, they're going to lose in the first round of the playoffs. Everyone's going to be lining up to bet against this team in the playoffs. When you look at tonight's game, uh, any props that you're leaning on, like as far as game script is concerned, where are you leaning for this one? You know, I'm looking at one player whose passing usage has really gone up. So New England, Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson. I'm looking for him over 35 and a half. That's the current number for reception yards. You know, oftentimes the bookmaker sets these lines based upon year-to-date averages and the like, maybe with a little bit of a tweak. But you look at the usage, the last two games, he's averaging seven and a half catches, 66 yards. Um, As far as a game script, Buffalo's favored. So if New England's down, they'll be throwing more. Mm. I think Stevenson over 35 and a half. A bold prediction. It closes north of 40. It'll close 43. Let's get down this morning here. It's the first thing we do when we wake up. We play Stevenson over. 35 and a half yards. He, his receptions is four and a half, which is a heavy oh, number that is. to place for a running back. But how many times does a running back go over the four and a half yard, uh, reception mark and not go over 35 and a half yards? Even if he gets four receptions, you would think he's going over 35 and a half yards. Yeah. So I guess it all depends. Do you have Austin Eckler, you know, breaking tackles or ETN? Or are you talking about a fullback, perhaps? You yeah, know, you know? A dump so I mean, off it depends. Depends on you know the yards after catch and and they and the back and the speed. Yes. Last time we saw these two teams play was in the playoffs last year, and maybe, arguably, the best quarterback performance in the history of the playoffs by Josh Allen. The Bills just had their way on that side of the ball. Bill Belichick known for taking away your best option. Do you think Bill Belichick has a way of slowing down Josh Allen in this game? Normally I'd say no if <laughs> if Josh Allen was 100%, but um I don't know. I watch him he doesn't look like himself lately. Looks like, you know what? We hear this all the time when a quarterback's big like with Cam Newton like, well, the quarterback runs too often, he's going to get hurt, but eh, he's so big, he's immune to that. He'll be okay. <laughs> and then what happens to these big quarterbacks Cam that Newton's run? His career is 5 years shorter than an average quarterback. Exactly. Yes. So so uh with this game, would you be okay with a Dumbo teaser in this game? <laughs> No. Don't tease totals. Don't tease totals. No, no, real important. All right. So read the book Stanford Wong, sharpsportsbetting.com, and it explains you should only play Wong, W O N G, Wong teasers, where you tease through the three and through mm-hmm. the seven. Yeah. Well, you can't tease through the three and through the seven when the spread's three and a half. So it Correct. doesn't it doesn't qualify. Um the it's not to say you can't have a plus EV bet on a teaser. It's just so few and far between, and basically it only comes up when you have a really kick-ass great bet. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes it's being offered at extra big. I'm going to give an example of a teaser. I teased a total this week. Right. Whoa, whoa, Dumbo. Dumbo All right. Yeah, alert. you got on us this about the Dumbo same thing. alert. All right, so I played the Jets-Minnesota. The, the total was steaming upwards on the on – the, and it had gone from 43 up to 45. All right? Okay. And I had a book that had over 43, like minus $1.30. They just were changing the VIG, not changing the total. 
So I played a six-point teaser on the total, and I teased it to over 37. Now, here's the beauty of it. You're like, well, wait a minute. Teasing totals is stupid. Not when you get eight and a half points on your teaser. Uh, yeah, this, because I, mar- I see where you're going. The here. market, yeah. basically, when and you know, pulling back the curtain, I the bad sports books of the world will deal a line like minus seven Laidar 30. Mm-hmm. That's a great teaser because they're like, well, wait a minute, Fez. You should only be teasing eight-point favorites, not seven-point favorites. It's usually. going up to seven and a half. But it's already, go, yeah, it's already yeah, eight. Yeah. But I'm getting a seven. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a price such that I can tease the minus eight, which is essentially what the market is. You're getting free, down to minus you're getting one. free points on your teaser. I'm getting a freebie point. Yeah. And in this case, with the total, I got a freebie two extra points. So I thought it would be clever. And you're like, well, why didn't you just bet over 43? Well, then I had to play over 43 minus 130. That's like the same as laying playing over 45. No, it makes sense, uh, especially when you anticipate the, the closing line to be greater than what it is. And you don't even have to anticipate it. Yeah, it's already it's, there. It. Yeah, yes. You absolutely see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes it makes a lot of sense. Th- this happens when a book has what's called an auto move. So what happens, the, the odds maker goes in the bathroom or whatever, and he just sets the auto move. So like if a sharp bets over 43 for a max bet, instead of moving automatically to 44, they don't know how much each half point is worth. Mm-hmm. They just move the VIG like mm-hmm. an extra 10 cents for each max bet that comes in. Oh, that's interesting. It's like you're staring at the odd screen, you see it flicker, and you, you know something's up there. Uh, another teaser that is it's it's negative EV. I think we all understand that. But somebody, not somebody, a lot of people would be intrigued by it and are intrigued by it and do it every single week, teasing through zero. Yeah, so the problem is, is that the, the two, because uh, the, th- the threes are really valuable. So you want to tease a minus three to plus three. And that's great that you're picking up those but the three. But the tie loses if it's a tie. It depends. Oh, well, that's yeah. a disaster. But let's say like the <laughs> – yeah. Like you would have to say, for example – A three-and-a-half-point favorite to plus three-and-a-half and a seven. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So the Bills are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Someone might say, oh, I'm going to throw in a seven-point teaser and make the Bills a three-and-a-half-point dog. I, I mean it's bad, but it's not horrendous. There are worse teasers to play. It's nice you pick up both sides of the three, but it's not landing zero. It's probably not landing two, and it's unlikely to land one. You just don't pick up enough value. The one except there's always exceptions to the rule, and here's the exception. I played these before. Same thing. You get a, a juiced favorite, like a minus three, lay a dollar forty, for mm-hmm. instance. You've seen that before. Some books, you know, would just keep adding juice to. The, they don't want to move to three and a half. They don't want to get middled. So now you see where I'm going. If I can tease a minus three, minus one forty, in a seven point teaser or a six and a half point teaser, I'll use. So now, now I get the minus three, minus 35 up to like a plus three and a half. So it's only, they're only charging me as a, for a six and a half point teaser, but the true line's really minus four. So I'm essentially teasing a minus four to plus three and a half. I'm getting a seven and a half point teaser for the price of a six point teaser. Those were, we're dangling from the edge here. All right. Mm-hmm. We're, we're playing with some dangerous stuff, but you can on a lower total get the edge doing that. Now, one final thing on this game. This is your Thursday night game of the uh, year, right? Yes, okay. I am. Uh, I'm on either Buffalo or I'm on New England. Or you're on the over or you're on the or under. Or I'm on the over or I'm on the under. Yeah, so, so head to pregame.com and but, uh, check it's out very rare. I, and I apologize for doing that because it's, you know what, I'm, I feel bad I'm not giving out. I'm going to give out a play for week 14. Kansas City minus seven against Denver. Okay, stop. Hold on. Let's Let's backtrack here. Fezzik is giving out a pick, not for this week, for next week in the NFL. This is a Fezzik best bet. Go Say that again. Kansas City. Kansas City next week. Minus seven. Minus seven. At Denver. At Denver. How and I'm going to give possible? And I'm going to give a bonus 
Two it's team. Seven and a half now. But before you get there, how can it be possible that Kansas City can only be favored by seven points against Denver when the Ravens are favored by eight and a half against oh, Denver this line this is, week? This, and this is why Fezzik is so great at what he does. There's no chance this line closes at seven or seven and a half. And that's why I'm giving it out yeah. as a play to get down on right now. And and you know what? We talked about teasers. I'm going to give you a teaser. I'm going to give <laughs> you my cross-week teaser of the year. I'm going to give this to my clients also. So don't buy this. When you see my cross-week teaser of the year, you don't need to purchase it. Here it is, Baltimore. It's basically going to be an anti-Denver teaser. I'm going to play Baltimore teased from minus 8 to minus 2. And I'm going to tease Kansas City. It's fine at minus 7.5 to minus 1.5. Two teams, six-point NFL teaser. Make sure it's at minus 120 or better odds. Don't lay more than minus 120. Wow. So I just tried to do it on DraftKings, and they won't let you. You know, I've done this at books, and some let you and some don't. But I'll tell you, you can do it for certain at William Hill slash Caesars. They accept those. All right. Yeah, I just tried to do it on DraftKings, and it wouldn't let me. Mm -hmm. So interesting. All right. It's anti-Denver. And you're right, because once the Ravens beat Denver— this week, that line next week on Kansas City, Denver is going to change. Yes, and and whatever you do next week, if you don't bet this game at all, I don't want you to be laying 10 and a half. Oh, they're going to kill them yeah. right before the game kicks off when there were sevens and seven and a halves a week before. While we have you, Fez, let's talk about a story that um, it's circulating around NFL circles, and it has to do with the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers and the injuries that he's dealing with, Jordan Love, who came in in relief last week, and it's the possibility of Aaron Rodgers being shut down for the season. It's a, it's a lost season, you would admit, for the Green Bay Packers, right? Sure. They're not going to make the playoffs. Although I thought Rodgers said he would play until they're eliminated. Rodgers said he is playing. He's, he, he's mm-hmm. playing this weekend against the Bears, and we know that he owns, he owns the Bears. <laughs> but if they are out of playoff contention, he is having an open mind to not playing and letting Jordan Love take over. I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers to stop playing for 800, please. (laughs) What is the future of the franchise? (laughs) Or who is the future of the franchise? Boop, 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 boop. Ooh, we were looking for Jordan Love. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Come on, no? No Alex Trebek? No, sorry? No? No. You don't like that? No. Sorry. Ooh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Uh, It's interesting, because I've talked about this. I, I personally don't think Aaron Rodgers even plays next year. I think Rodgers is done. I think he won. I think he, I think he's gonna hang it up, and and maybe he is Jeopardy. Maybe he's co-hosting Pat McAfee's show. I don't know. But if the team is gonna be like this again next year, why does Aaron Rodgers want to come back to this? All I know is that I I don't watch very much of this, but um, that that Patrick McAfee he's 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 an entertaining dude. I want to hang out with him. I want to go to a steakhouse with him. No offense, AJ. I want to go with you too. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Oh yeah. When was this whole Texas de Brazil thing supposed to happen? I'm ready. Over under lamb chops, oh. both of us fourteen and a half. You can go over. I'm, I'm trying to jump on board this train here. <laughs> well, the know? problem is I don't get comp to Texas Deep Brazil, and I do get comp to like the Harris pop, um, properties. So, all right, is there a buffet that has good steak? Oh, Bacchanal. Bacchanal is one of the top five buffets in the. It's, some say in the world at and Caesar's where, Palace. It's quite. That's good. at Caesar's. Yeah. Okay. You know, I was at uh, Green Valley the other day, and I, I obviously I, I moved here a year ago. I didn't know that they used to have a buffet. I saw this giant open space, and I've walked past it a thousand times. And I was there was a a worker that was there, and I go, "Quick question: Did this used to be a buffet?" And he said, "Yeah, absolutely." I said, "When did it close?" He said, "Before COVID." 
And I said, wow. I said, what are you, are you reopening? What are you doing? He said, they're turning it into two separate properties. So probably different restaurants. So probably two different restaurants because it, there's so much kitchen space back there that's unused right now. They could split it and put it into two separate uh, venues. So this is not a culinary show, but the Green Valley Ranch, um, which is in Henderson. So it's in the outskirts of uh, Las Vegas in the suburbs of Henderson. That buffet had one ticket item that was just tremendous. And it was the uh, cooked crab. So what they did is they steamed the crab, but then you could put it on the grill. And they would add hot sauce. They would add cilantro. <laughs> Not for me. They would add garlic butter to it. And they would crack the shells open for you. So you know, it, was, it was much easier to eat. And it was so expensive, the king crab, which was good, that they would have lost a ton of money. So what they did is they put their slowest moving employee in charge. So literally it was like a 12-minute line to get through the line to Not get worth the crab. It. You know, it was worth it. <laughs> My wife would, like, just send me up there with three plates worth of stuff, which was breaking the rules. You're only supposed to have one plate. But, you know, $5 bill goes a long way with Mary. I got a distinct plan when I go to a buffet. I have, I have, a, I have a plan of attack. I have to have all three meals of the day in my buffet sitting. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I do when I get to a buffet, I have breakfast. I get the eggs, I get the waffles, you know, maybe omelet station, whatever, load up on the bacon. I never waste space on and, breakfast food. And then, after I have breakfast, then I'll go up for my lunch. I'll get some cold cuts, salads, whatever. And then, it's dinner time. The prime rib, the chicken, and then you have to end it with the ice cream dessert. I make sure I got everything at a buffet. I'm going to give you the how to get it for free. All right? The advantage player, and here's what he does. He plays a little blackjack, gives his player's card if he's down. Let's say you lose $400, all right? Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, I had another $300 pizza pie last weekend. I like – oh, no, that's good and that's bad. You got a comp. So then you you, you get – you go ahead and get, you get the uh, the pit and you ask for a comp. And they're like, what are you looking for? And let's say you only play like 10 minutes. So oh, just just a breakfast buffet. Boom. You just need that ticket slip or put it on, on onto your card. Oh, so you get in and then you Once can you're yeah, in, stay, stay there for a couple hours. And then you come back the next shift during the lunch shift. You come back. You know what? Um, my, um, my wife's with me. Can you, can you write this up for two? Oh, no problem. They take back your slip. They change it for two. Now you hold on to that and you wait for dinner time and they walk up. I've got this buffet for lunch for two. I, I missed it. You know, can, can you just okay it for dinner? And so you go from like a, an $11 breakfast buffet to a $39 dinner buffet for two. It works. He is the only two-time winner of the Super Contest, out, Steve Bezik, who's got his Thursday game of the year tonight at pregame.com and has already given us several bets for not just tonight's game, but also next week's game as well. Thanks, Fez. Thanks, guys. And My let me know when you're be... taking me to Texas Day Brazil. I'm, I'm ready. I, I think that uh, it has to happen before the end of the year. Okay. Yes. I'm in. Hey, we have a surprise. R.J. Bell is in the building. What are you doing here so early? This is unexpected. Well, listen, when you grind like I grind, you just never know when there's money to be made. But I got a question. I saw the light was on in the office. I mean, you knew we were here. You came. You... But I, 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 sometimes I don't think about you every second. <laughs> okay. But I was heading to the gym. <laughs> yeah. Pre-dawn workout. I got a question, though. I got a key question, and I figure... The college football experts. Let's see if they're going to be right or wrong. I know the answer. I just want to see if you're right or wrong. He knows the future. How's a high state get in? USC. I, the more I hear about it, it just takes USC to lose. USC and TCU lose. Oh, I don't. So explain that to. So who's the? If just one of them lose, I think Alabama's ahead oh, of. 
You're crazy. You're smoking crack. You're I, well, give, give me the button. Someone give me the button. If Alabama goes ahead of them, it will be a, a, a freaking riot. No. Alabama lost Alabama two games by a total of five points on the road. Ohio State got housed in their building. Well, that's fine. One, one team, that, that game was Pickham within the fourth quarter. Yeah. Hold on a second. Let's be reasonable for a second here, okay? Who's the best win of Alabama? Mm. Uh, Keep did thinking. they beat Ole Miss? Oh, hold on. Let's, they beat Ole Miss. Uh, yeah, they did beat Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. That's their best win? Texas, maybe. That's their best win? Yeah. Okay. High State beat Penn State, which is what, 11th in the country? Mm-hmm. And Notre Dame. Notre Dame. This is, I mean, and they lost one game to a team in the freaking playoffs. So they had a better loss. It's only one loss and two better wins. A better loss. It's not a better loss. Yeah, it is. It's not a better loss. Not when you lose you by a blown out at home. You team in the country or a top three team in the Alabama country. Alabama lost by a two-point conversion in overtime. Against who? Against Tennessee. What, I, what, I, the, and, the 30th team oh, in the country? No, Tennessee, was, Tennessee was, was number one game. in the country yeah. after what, that win. What, 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 and LSU, yeah, but what are they now? They've got two losses. Okay, that's the point. Tennessee and LSU losses by a two-point conversion in overtime and a field goal on the last play of the game. I actually on agree. The I agree with these, two of I, I agree with these guys, but it's, still, in the country. but it's still two losses it's versus two losses. one. And it's not a horrible loss by Ohio State. It's a perfectly acceptable. You lose by 14 or whatever it was at home in a close game. three scores. Yeah, but it was a competitive game. I tell you, this this emphasis on like the margin really. Ru- I mean, it's about wins and losses. Who wants to bet? I'm, I'm betting Ohio State gets in over. Um, well, I mean, we can see by just looking at the yeah at I'm, the odds. I mean, at the odds right now, right? I mean, I'm not even talking about the the thin market of getting in the playoffs. I'm saying uh, High State and Alabama are probably comparable teams. I'd say, if anything, High State. They're Probably comparable. power rated a little higher. So I agree. What, so what are the uh, what are the odds right now? Ohio State is eight to one. Alabama uh, Alabama is sixty to one all to right, win the title. That's all you got to know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, now, now I do think. Now you guys should be saying you disagree with what's gonna ha- what's gonna happen, but do you think it's gonna happen? How's this? I'll give you um, plus one fifty. I'm good. So you don't think it's gonna happen? I, I mean, I I didn't I didn't realize those odds. Let me ask you this. How many points does TCU have to lose by for Ohio State to jump them? I would argue probably seventeen. I would argue one. Wow, a one a one oh, loss yeah, Big one Twelve loss team Big 12, yeah. against a one loss Ohio State. They'll and, take Ohio State every time. And the conference with the oh, committee. I disagree. I disagree. The odds disagree because they say TCU. You can bet TCU to miss the playoffs. TCU is twelve to one to win the title. No, forget that. Forget that nonsense. They're, they're not going to win the oh. title. But they're, but what I'm saying, when I say there's odds. odds, will TCU make the playoffs? Mm-hmm. And they're they are. You can bet no, and you can get like ridiculous, like seven to one. Okay, I heard that too. So let's think about this. And they're what kind of favorite in their game? This minus one fifty. Okay, two so, and a half point favorite. I would say this: those markets are mighty thin. The, the, to make the playoffs, so I mean, I don't know. It does that is being priced as if they're making it either way. Yes, which I, I don't think is. How, I don't even see. Well, you know something that's interesting because you could make the case. Now remember, TCU was one of the teams that High State jumped the first year. So TCU's been screwed in the but past. Remember, High State won it that year. Now is this predictive did or you, is this? Did you hear? It? I did. All right, so that means it affirms the committee doing that. Or does it? Or does the committee now say? Does history repeat itself, or does history say, "Oh, we've screwed over TCU"? No, they they will screw you over every day and twice on Sunday. <laughs> you think you think these monsters have I any? Asked, McKenzie said I, he was asking me about this very thing today. Like, 
would it would it make more sense to have? I'm happy I could correct you. In Ohio a quick State, thirty seconds. Ohio State or Alabama in the playoff if TCU were to lose. And McKenzie said, "I'm seventy to eighty percent more likely to watch Georgia versus Alabama than I would be Georgia versus TCU. Like there's or Georgia Ohio State versus Georgia T. Like no one wants to see TCU in the playoffs except TCU fans. Yeah, they're going to get rolled. See, I disagree with that. I think it's always fascinating to have. Like I thought the Cincinnati game was an interesting thing last year until they got beat by a million, and like everyone said, oh, it, they had like no the, business being here. Yeah, but teams get beat by a lot all Michigan the time. Michigan got rolled in the playoffs. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is people get beat all the time, but when it's a team that people don't like, it's like see, see, TCU's boring. They, they I, score I disagree like seventy with that. points a like, game. They're all they offense, care. no they're defense. Boring. Right? Actually, boring I, school. I had dinner with uh, like a three person dinner with Sonny Dice. Really? Yeah. So you're biased. He's very. He was. Yeah. He, he explained. Not really. He explained football, complex football, better mm -hmm. than anyone I've really? ever heard on radio on TV. He. Re, I mean, his dad was mm -hmm. right, and but he knows his stuff. But it was a fascinating conversation. This was like two years ago, maybe. By the George, way, with George. Yeah. Off topic. North Texas playing for the Sun Belt or playing for the uh, the championship this weekend. You got them forty to one. No, of course not. But North Texas, like the fact oh, that North okay. Texas, I didn't realize, oh, is, yeah, they're what were they? Pre, what were they pre-flop? They were thirty to one pre-flop. The third longest shot in the conference. So my parting words: Go Mean Joe Green, or go Mean Green. Mean Green. Mean Green. But Mean Joe Green went there. He did. You taught me that. Thus, I said, go Mean Joe Green. I like it. Try to keep up, guys. Try. Thanks, RJ. <laughs> Have a great day. Have a good workout. I'm done with the workout. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a pleasant surprise, having RJ, you know, chime in on his thoughts on the college football playoff. I think he's wrong, but uh, he thinks that we're wrong. But then again, what did we talk about on yesterday's show, AJ, that Boo Corrigan said that Alabama and Ohio State are not locked into their positions. No. So it could change. Yeah, and I don't project either of the top two teams to lose. No. Nah. Uh, but if, if one of them plays a tight game, it could certainly look good for either Alabama or Ohio State mm -hmm. in that case. Yeah. Or look uh, bad for them. Right yep. Now. Well, speaking of the playoffs, the Rose Bowl has voted, I guess, to allow themselves uh, to be a part of expansion. Listen, let's not act like the Rose Bowl had any real power in this situation. Like, the Rose Bowl was the last hang-up to get this thing going. And the the reason there was a deadline put on the Rose Bowl is because it was, hey, we're doing this with or without you, Rose Bowl. <laughs> like, it'd be nice if you were around, but if not, cool. You can take the the fourth and fifth place teams from the uh, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 mm -hmm. and, and make, yourself, make yourself a nice bowl game. I, honestly, if I'm the Rose Bowl, this is perfect for me to, to break away from this Pac-12 Big Ten tie. I know they like it. But UCLA and USC leaving the Pac-12 basically means that that game matters so much less if it's a committed Big Ten Pac-12 matchup. Yeah. Are you really going to want that every year? I can't imagine that they do. This just gives them a reason to get away from that. I don't know why they put up so much fuss. About well, it. it's because of the it's it's not so much about the game; it's about the time slot. Because right now the Rose Bowl. It's always it's locked in. The Rose Bowl is on New Year's Day. Yeah. Right. And so by being a part of the college football playoff in any expansion would remove them from that dedicated time slot because they're going to have to be whenever the playoffs are. And that's something that I guess they were unwilling to do. And, and either way, I, I understand 
the 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 want for playoff expansion because then hey we got Ohio State's got another chance and Alabama's got a chance but right now honestly 12 team playoff like let's think about this realistically looking at the current college football playoff rankings and let's start from 12 and work our way up does Washington have a chance to be the national champions no does Utah have a chance to be no. the national champions Kansas State no Clemson no Penn State no Tennessee without Hendon Hooker no. Alabama, maybe. Yeah, the slightest. Ohio State, maybe. Slim, yeah. So the top six maybe have a chance. All right. Give us a, you know, 12-team, don't need it. The top six, maybe they got a chance. Maybe we can do a six-team playoff. But I think right now, again, this is a year where it's clean. But most years, this is how it happens. It works itself out. Ohio State-Michigan last week was a playoff game. a playoff game, game yeah. And that's it. It eliminated them. This weekend, the the championship games, conference championship games, are going to be playoff games. People have to understand that. Like, USC is playing a playoff game against Utah. If TCU loses this game against Kansas State, there will be more argument for a two-team. Back, go back to the two-team method. The BCS? <laughs> yeah, than there, than there is to expand. Because if, if TCU loses... There's really only two teams that deserve a shot to play for this thing. Georgia and Michigan. Two teams that ran the table, by the way, in the two best conferences. If you can't run the Big 12, if you can't run the Pac-12, maybe you don't deserve to be in this game with the big boys. Look, I've brought it up before, and I'll mention it again. And uh, kudos to my my guy Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com who uh, originated this idea uh, when on our college football podcast that we used to have. This is the ideal way to fix college football without playoff expansion. Yeah. You select the playoff teams after the bowl games. You play all of your bowl games. You play your conference championship games. You play your traditional bowl matchups. And then after bowl season is over, you might, you don't even need four teams. You can just pick the last two teams standing. And you know what that allows you to do? It allows you to utilize those bowl games as playoff games, because let's just let's say let's take all the favorites this weekend and say that they win out. Okay, here's a potential playoff game: Michigan USC. That's your Rose Bowl. You play the Rose Bowl as normal, and see what happens. Yeah. And then you play the Fiesta Bowl, the Sugar Bowl. You play them all out. Cotton Bowl. Play them all out. And then after those bowl games are over, you can say, Hey, you know what? USC beat Michigan in the in the Rose Bowl. I think USC deserves to be in the playoff. All right, USC's in the playoff. Hey, Georgia won the Sugar Bowl big. Hey, guess what? Georgia's in the playoff. That's how you weed out these teams, and that's how you only have to add, basically, you don't even have to add any weeks to the regular season because the championship's already uh, another week after. But if you want to, you add another week. That's it. That's how you save college football. You don't need a 12-team playoff. Just play your – and also, it brings back relevancy to the bowl games. Yep. Because no one watches these bowl games anymore. And if you have a 12-team playoff, who's watching the bowl games? Only the people that are betting on them. Like, so we're going to watch them, but that's it. Right. The, the TV ratings are down. And how many players were, are going to opt out of bowl games if those bowl games actually mean something to get you into the playoff? Yeah, a lot less. Although, I mean, again, now we're, we're saying, well, we want to give you more opportunity to get hurt in these games. I, I don't know. But I, what I do know now is, as it's currently set up, if, if Alabama doesn't make the playoff, 
Bryce Young's probably not playing in a bowl game. Exactly. Nor should he. Exactly. Jake Stroud's probably not playing in a bowl game, nor should he. Exactly. So uh, it, it, it makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways. If you want more meaningful bowl games, and we've got – there's so many meaningless bowl games now. I'm all for adding a few, you know – Ones that have some some real some real stake. One big game on the hardwood in college tonight. Number seven Creighton at number two Texas. Creighton is six and a half point dogs total at one forty. Uh, I think that this game is a lot a lot different than the Texas Gonzaga game. And if you remember, that was a, a really high scoring game. Chris Beard actually playing at a much higher pace than he has in the past several years, I think he goes back to being Chris Beard, the snail against good teams. And this mm-hmm. is a good team. And the reason why there were so many points in that Gonzaga game, Gonzaga turned the ball over left and right. That's been Gonzaga's bugaboo this season is turning over the ball. Texas exposed it. They had a bunch of transition points entered Creighton who just doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, one of the best at, at protecting the ball in the country, better on defense than I thought they were going to be. Uh, so these are two really clean offenses, really clean defenses. This is a really well-matched game. I'm leaning to the under and to the dog here. But either way, it's going to be a good game on ESPN 4 o'clock. Just one game in the NBA tonight, and we have a full slate. Well, I should mention what the one game is. Why not, right? Dallas at Detroit. Uh, we have a full slate of NHL games on the ice tonight, and uh, the Devils, they will uh Take their league best record, defend it at home against the Predators. They're minus 210 with a total of six and a half. A couple of interesting games, though, that I'm keeping an eye on. Uh, the Flyers are home against the Lightning. Tampa Bay minus 220. Flyers just had their 10 game losing streak snapped. They played with a purpose in that game against the Islanders the other night. Like it started with a fight at the beginning of the game. So they were out there to send Every the message. Game start that yeah, way, I think. Exactly. So I'm curious to see how the Flyers come out, if they're going to have the same emotions tonight against the Lightning. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights are in Pittsburgh to take on the Penguins. The big story with the Penguins, Chris Letang suffered a stroke. He is out indefinitely. The team's saying, though, it's not uh, going to be any long-term health effects for him, but he is obviously not going to play in this game, so how does the team respond without Chris Letang? And then elsewhere on the schedule, you got the Coyotes on the road at the Kings. LA is minus 267. Keep an eye on the goaltending goaltending matchup in this one because the Kings are coming off that game last night or the other night where they got absolutely just demolished, uh, and they did their own scoring as well. It was 9-8 against the Kraken, but both goaltenders Really had a tough night. Jonathan Quick uh, gave up five goals uh, in that game on 14 shots. Cal Peterson came in as well. He gave up a bunch of goals. So both goaltenders for the Kings really had a rough night. And meanwhile, if Carol Vamelka is in net for the uh, Coyotes here, he's currently like the third highest rated goalie in the NHL. Maybe the Coyotes at a nice, attractive plus money price is worth a look. But keep an eye on the goaltending matchup that we'll find out a little later on today. If you want to jump on board with my NHL season-long package, it would be pretty good to do since I'm up, what, 28.3 units. 
in the NHL this season, hitting over 60%. Uh, Going to have some daily packages coming up soon. Had a two-star play last night. That hit with the over in the Buffalo game. Uh, on a roll here, hitting four straight three-star plays. So definitely want to jump on board with an NHL package. And if you want to do that, we'll give you a little discount. Since you're up early with us, Dawn15 is the promo code. D-A-W-N, Dawn15. Gets you 15% off anything you'd like at pregame.com. You can get Fezzik's NFL Thursday Game of the Year tonight. You can get A.J. Hoffman's college basketball card. You can get A.J. Hoffman's Weekender All Access. When's the next UFC event? This Saturday. This Saturday. And you're going to have bets on that. Of course. So you can get the UFC card. For this Saturday, 15% off. Just use the promo code DAWN15, D-A-W-N-15. Again, 15% off for listeners of this podcast at pregame.com. For A.J. Hoffman, Steve Fezzik, and a surprise drop-in from R.J. Bell, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. A.M.